The life and death of a neuron. Until recently, most neuroscientists thought we were born with all the neurons we were ever going to have. As children, we might produce some new neurons to help build pathways called neural circuits that act as information highways between different areas of the brain. But scientists believe that once a neural circuit was in place, adding any new neurons would disrupt the flow of information and disable the brain's communication system. In 1962, scientist Joseph Altman challenged this belief when he saw evidence of neurogenesis, the birth of neurons, in a region of an adult rat brain called the hippocampus. He later reported that newborn neurons migrated from their birthplace in the hippocampus to other parts of the brain. In 1979, another scientist, Michael Kaplan, confirmed Altman's findings in the rat brain, and in 1983, he found a neural precursor cells in the forebrain of an adult monkey. These discoveries about neurogenesis in the adult brain were surprising to other researchers who didn't think they would be true in humans. But in early 1980s, a scientist trying to understand how birds learn to sing suggested that neuroscientists look again at neurogenesis in the adult brain and begin to see how that might make sense. In a series of experiments, Fernando Nuttlebaum and his research team showed that the numbers of neurons in the forebrains of male canaries dramatically increased during mating season. This was the same time in which birds had to learn new songs to attract females. Why did these bird brains add neurons at such critical time in learning? Nottlebaum believed it was because fresh neurons helped store new song patterns within the neural circuits of the forebrain, the area of the brain that controls complex behaviors. These new neurons made learning possible. If birds made the new neurons to help them remember and learn, Nottlebaum thought that the brains of mammals might too. Other scientists believe that the findings could not apply to mammals, but Elizabeth Gould later found that evidence of newborn neurons in a distinct area of the brain in monkeys, and Fred Gage and Peter Erickson showed that the adult human brain produced neurons in a similar area. For some neuroscientists, neurogenesis in the adult brain is still an unproven theory, but others think that the evidence provides intriguing possibilities about the role of adult-generated neurons in learning and memory. The architecture of a neuron. The central nervous system, which includes the brain and spinal cord, is made of two basic types of cells, neurons and glia. Glia outnumber neurons in some parts of the brain, but neurons are the key players in the brain. Neurons are information messengers. They use electrical impulses and chemical signals to transmit information between different areas of the brain and between the brain and the rest of the nervous system. Neurons have three basic parts a cell body and two extensions called an axon and a dendrite. Within the cell body is a nucleus, which controls the cell's activities and contains the cell's genetic material. The axon looks like a long tail and transmits messages from the cell. Dendrites look like the branches of a tree and receive messages for the cell. Neurons communicate with each other by sending chemicals called neurotransmitters across a tiny space called a synapse between the axons and the dendrites of adjacent neurons. There are three classes of neurons. Sensory neurons carry information from the sense organs such as the eyes and ears to the brain. Motor neurons control voluntary muscle activity such as speaking and carrying messages from nerve cells to the brain and muscles. All the other ner neurons are called interneurons. Scientists think that the neurons are the most diverse kinds of cell in the body. Within these three classes of neurons are hundreds of types of cells, each with specific message-carrying abilities. How these neurons communicate with each other by making connections is what makes each of us unique in how we think, act, and feel. Birth. The extent to which new neurons are generated in the brain is a controversial subject among neuroscientists. 
Although majority of neurons are already present in our brains by the time we are born, there's evidence to support that neurogenesis, the scientific word for birth of neurons, is a lifelong process. Neurons are born in areas of the brain that are rich in concentrations of neural precursor cells, also called neural stem cells. These cells have the potential to generate most, if not all, of the different types of neurons and glia found in the brain. Neuroscientists have observed how neural precursor cells behave in laboratory. Although this may not be exactly how these cells behave when they are in the brain, it gives us information about how they could be behaving when they act or in the brain's environment. The science of stem cells is very new and could change with additional discoveries, but researchers have learned enough to be able to describe how neural stem cells generate in the other cells of the brain. They call it the stem cells lineage and is similar in principle to a family tree. Neural stem cells increase by dividing in two and producing either two new stem cells or two early progenitor cells or one of each. When a stem cell divides to produce another stem cell, it is said to self-renew. This new cell has the potential to make more new stem cells. When a stem cell divides to produce an early progenitor cell, it is said to differentiate. Differentiation means the new cell is more specialized in form and function. An early progenitor cell does not have the potential of a stem cell to make many different types of cells. It can only make cells in its particular lineage. Each progenitor cell can self-renew or go in either one of two ways. One type will give rise to astrocytes. The other will give rise to neurons and oligodendrocytes. Migration of neurons. Once a neuron is born, it has to travel to the place in the brain where it will do its work. Where does the neuron know where to go? What helps it get there? Scientists have seen that neurons use at least two different types of methods to travel. Some neurons, mag some neurons migrate by following the long fibers of cells called radial glia. These fibers extend from inner layers of the outermost layers of the brain. Neurons glide along the fibers until they reach their destination. Neurons also travel by using chemical signals. Scientists have found special molecules on the surface of neurons, adhesion molecules, that bind with similar molecules on nearby glial cells or nerve axons. These chemical signals guide the neuron to its final destination. Not all neurons are successful in their journey. Scientists think that only a third reach their destination. Some cells die during the process of neuronal development. Some neurons survive the trip, but end up where they shouldn't be. Mutations in the genes that cause migration create areas of misplaced or oddly formed neurons that can cause disorders such as childhood epilepsy. Some researchers suspect that schizophrenia and the learning disorder dyslexia are partly the result of misguided neurons. Differentiation. Once a neuron reaches its destination, it has to settle into work. This, step is called, this final step of differentiation is the least well understood part of neurogenesis. Neurons are responsible for the transport and uptake of neurotransmitters, chemicals that relate information between brain cells. Depending upon its location, a neuron can perform the job of a sensory neuron, a motor neuron, or an interneuron, sending and receiving specific neurotransmitters. In the developing brain, a neuron develops a, on molecular signals from other cells, such as astrocytes, to determine its shape and location, the kind of transmitter it produces, and which other neurons it will connect. These freshly born cells establish neural circuits or information pathways connecting neuron to neuron that will be in place throughout adulthood. But in the adult brain, neural circuits have already developed and neurons must find a way to fit in. As a new neuron settles in, it starts to look like the surrounding cells. It develops an axon and dendrites and begins to communicate with its neighbors. Death. 
Although neurons are the longest living cells in the body, large numbers of them die during migration and differentiation. The lives of some neurons can take abnormal turns. Some diseases of the brain are the result of unnatural deaths of neurons. In Parkinson's disease, neurons that produce the neurotransmitter dopamine die off in the basal ganglia, an area of the brain that controls body movements. This causes difficulty initiating movement. In Huntington's disease, a genetic mutation causes overproduction of the neurotransmitter called glutamate, which kills neurons at the basal ganglia. As a result, people twist and rise uncontrollably. In Alzheimer's disease, unusual proteins build up in and around neurons in the neocortex and hippocampus, parts of the brain that control memory. When these neurons die, people lose their capacity to remember their ability to do everyday tasks. Physical damage to the brain and other parts of the central nervous system can also kill or disable neurons. Blows to the brain or damage caused by a stroke can kill neurons outright and slowly starve them of oxygen and nutrients they need to survive. Spinal cord injury can disrupt communication between the brain and muscles when neurons lose their connection to axons located below the site of injury. These neurons may still live, but they lose their ability to communicate.